This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, 
This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. episode to share with you guys today because I got to sit down and finally have a really deep and soulful conversation with my friend Jennifer Sodini. Um, Before I get into who she is, I hope that you guys are all doing all right out there with quarantine. I know that it has been pretty triggering and challenging for some of us who have lost jobs and are like struggling financially. Um, struggling with family or whatever it is just being isolated in general is really challenging and um, if you're anything like me then you're already kind of isolated and um, introverted before the quarantine so now there's this extra little layer of isolation which 
really makes it um, even more of a time to focus on shadow work and healing relationships in our lives. Um, As corny as that sounds, I mean, as much as our culture is so obsessed with online dating and, you know, meeting people right now is the time to, to start healing our friendship wounds or any trauma that we've had with family members, you know, sisters, brothers, friendships that have kind of drifted off into space over the last however many years. Um, right now is a really good invitation to reconnect and reestablish those relationships because at the end of the day, that's who we're left with. And instead of focusing on connecting with strangers online or through dating apps, it's really, it's really this perfect time to focus on ourselves and stop wasting energy on people we don't even know. Um, with that said, today, even if you don't know Jennifer Sodini, you're going to love her because uh, me and her go deep on so many different topics from the quarantine and coronavirus to spirituality and conspiracy theories to dating and friendships and friends with benefits and um, just getting through life right now in this weird time that we're in. Um, We don't talk about quarantine the entire time. This is a very full-bodied and well-rounded conversation about just all things creative spirituality we talk about psychedelics we talk about mental health we talk about you know moving and we talk about how the universe can knock us off our path for good reasons and we talk about synchronicities and rock bottoms so there's going to be something in this for everyone and just a little bit about Jennifer she's an author a public speaker and the founder of the conscious media platform evolve and ascend Through her travels and research, she has visited some of the world's most sacred esoteric places, including Egypt, Nepal, Tibet, and Bhutan. A lifelong student of the occult, she now shares her knowledge through a wide variety of endeavors, including her beloved internationally published Oracle Card Deck, which is in partnership with Natalie Miller. It's called the Amenti Oracle, Feather Heart Deck, and Guidebook. And you can also find her on her podcast, Radio Amenti, where you can probably find this episode over there as well because we did a podcast swap. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Um, I was melting on my floor when I was talking to her, and she's just a really fucking cool human. So let's just get right into it. Enjoy. Yeah, I mean, that's like a very weird thing, I guess, that I have somewhat I don't want to say taken for granted but almost gotten so used to that I don't realize that other people have like nine to five 40 hour a week office jobs or mm-hmm. you know how how detrimental that has to be to kind of go from this is my routine to now I'm stuck inside right and it's kind of like um people get so comfortable even if like even if their job isn't like comfortable for them, even if they're not really enjoying it, they've gotten so comfortable in the fucking groove of it all that, you know, like for me, this is kind of just like a continual, a continual of 
my own isolation and spiritual solitude, but and and in the midst of it all, I'm in my dark night of the soul and Saturn return and whatever the fuck you want to call it. But for quote unquote normal people, I mean, I hate using that term, but like for people who just aren't really like doing the spiritual thing or like maybe they kind of are and they, but they work a lot and they have a family. Like now it's really like everybody's faced with, um, their life like literally like what does your life look like other than work yeah yeah it's like it's it's a crazy thing to consider I don't know what your conversations have been like around this whole thing but I've kind of gone through uh most of my friends are are pretty pragmatic but teeter on the edge of like this is something bigger oh for sure you know, yes. <laughs> like, and I've heard a lot of different conspiracies, and I, I myself have gone through a roller coaster of emotions of what this really means. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I have this weird feeling of not necessarily being afraid, but just kind of like, all right, well, we're on the brink of collapse mm-hmm. as it is. So if you know that the next ten year trajectory of of life on this planet is completely unsustainable and you have access to like trillions and trillions of dollars. Like wouldn't you engineer some kind of bioweapon or something to keep people at fucking home? I don't know. Hey, I mean, that's, that is a different aspect of it. That definitely is. I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about that perspective, but dude, that really is. I mean, if you want to get, if you want to get kind of um, scary, political, dark movie angle, um, (laughs) Like, I, um, that could very well be, and the hippie that I am, I haven't really thought of it like that, (laughs) but now you're, now you're opening my fucking eyes to that, so now I'm like, oh shit, I gotta journal on that, but, like, the other night, I, I just, I journaled for, I don't know, like, five or six pages, just whatever came through, and I, you know, it's all kind of the same shit that everybody's talking about on Instagram, like, you know, Mother Earth is, it needs to heal the fires, the the carbon pollution. Um, so kind of like a, an earth saving mindset, but also the perspective of how our country, I mean, isn't really doing that well from like a standard of living perspective. Like people are obviously always talking about um, how much money people are making, healthcare, um, just, you know, racism, like just inequality all around. And I think that when it comes to health, that is one thing that the majority of the world can agree upon is that health is very important. And I think that it's kind of, um, funny because it seems like the United States of America isn't really that health conscious with how much you know fast food is is so popular and processed foods especially in like the lower income like pockets of of our country but now all of a sudden that there's a virus um you know that it really it's it's like just awakening it's it's helping the asleep awaken in very like low grade terms totally and it's funny because, like, I, I've been trying to look at it from every angle, right? Like, if it is some big conspiracy or if it 
is like mother earth literally just needing a reset and this happening. And I, I don't know, mm -hmm. the spiritualist in me thinks there's no coincidence in the fact that, you know, literally the lungs of the earth have been on fire for like months and months and months. Mm -hmm. And this attacks our lungs in such a, huh. you know, a detrimental way. Wow. And in, in Chinese medicine, they say lungs are where you carry grief. And if you think of the collective grief of the planet, of how we've evolved so much technologically, but where we are in the inequalities and the way that the, the wealth divide and totally. just where we're at now that people even have to suffer at all or there has to be any lack is outrageous. Completely, yeah. I mean, I, I have been feeling very grateful and very privileged um, as of recently and uh, this it gets even more and, and more intense as current events roll out. But like, I really liked one of the podcast episodes that I heard on um, Sam Harris's podcast, and he was talking to someone about just equality and doing good better and being a good person, and how um, how daunting it is for people who who are, you know, maybe lower, lower income, but they're still getting by, but just, just scraping by, like just barely scraping by and how daunting it can be to really put in a perspective of how, how small they are, like an ant and ant farm of how much money they make. And then there's just people out there who, who have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. And this is, this is like a, a common, obvious issue that, our country has because we're obsessed with fame and success and um, and money and upward growth and the addiction to like our our businesses succeeding and and like this sick twisted kind of like desire to be famous e even if you're not doing anything with your life um, yeah. and like now it's it's literally kind of forcing our collective, our society to press pause on everything and turn within. So I think that's another angle of it is that um, not only is like the earth needing physical healing, but what we're a product, we're, like we're a product of the earth and humanity as a whole needs healing physically and emotionally. So what the virus is doing is like basically putting us in a spiritual isolation to to press pause on on our mindset i and just kind of do all the things that we have been putting on the back burner a hundred percent and in the this it the thing is about it where the blessing is that it just i i can't imagine the trajectory of that kind of consciousness continuing you know, my biggest fear is that this will pass and things will just go back to how they were. Exactly. Um, I have, you know, mixed emotions about Daniel Pinchbeck because I have a complicated relationship with, with him and he's a friend, but he, ha he, you know, is a controversial character. But he has this one quote about how we live in a culture where everything tastes good and nothing satisfies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because inherently, you know, people are looking to fill a void with accolades or material possession or accumulating wealth when really that void is something deeper and uh, I really resonate with it taking this time to go inward spiritually I think is going to offer a lot of clarity and perspective hopefully
for those who maybe really need it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's beyond, um, I mean, I feel like the first layer of our country receiving the news was just fear and, um, fortunately and unfortunately, um, I'm around news being broadcasted in the house that I'm in like 24 seven. And I was actually pleasantly surprised the other night I was like walking by the TV in my own little world. And I heard one of the news reporters saying, Oh, like maybe this is a good time to, uh, do that do that home project and this is like normal ass news you know what I mean like it's and I was just like (laughs) wow like (laughs) that's fucking crazy I would never have thought that they would actually ever say that but um you know I think that the first layer of fear is slowly you know kind of disintegrating and now people are just realizing that we overreacted and that this is this is a time to you know, yeah, it sucks. People rely on their paycheck, especially people who, who, who work paycheck to paycheck. Um, I couldn't even imagine that. I'm very lucky that I am living with family right now, but, um, it's also going to be a very triggering time for people. So I like, I, I feel like this is kind of a catalyst and, uh, and, uh, you know, an introduction for people who don't know what shadow work is, who don't know what being triggered feels like. This is, this is the, this is like the gateway because people are being forced quote unquote to stay at home away from their job. Um, All the things that fill the void, working out, going to the bar, um, going to restaurants, all these things that have to do with material material money and spending and and look at me and look at what I'm doing and Instagram stories and you know the perfect Instagram food you know photo none (laughs) of that really matters right now because FOMO doesn't exist right now um everybody is fucking quarantined and it's like everybody is forced to just deal with their reality and that can be very dark yeah, I think the hardest thing to do is to like really look in the mirror. And, you know, we're so lucky because we have, I mean, I'm older than you, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's different now. Like to be 34 is different than it was, you know, 20 years ago to be 34. Mm-hmm. You know, people are having kids later in life. We're choosing different choices. But, you know, to really reflect on choice and what got us from point A to point B you know, what other situation in life could allow that for some people? You know, this this mm-hmm. pandemic has so many layers of blessings and beauty, even in the uncertainty and ugliness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a friend the other day who he he works in film production. And um, I was just we were just we, we talk film language. And I was like, this is just like the most perfect script that like the universe could have tailored and it's just like so thought out and the plot just makes sense and it's just like we're sitting back and we're the characters and um there's just so many hidden meanings and subliminal messages within everything that's going on like there's so many different angles and perspectives of why this is happening and the majority of them are 
positive, like, oh, this is because, you know, we need to get out of burnout mode because, like, everybody for the past, like, year has been talking about burnout and and overworking ourselves. And I think that, I mean, if if this isn't your perfect, like, prescription for getting out of burnout, I don't know what is, you know, a fucking pandemic, (laughs) like... Can't even like make that shit up, you know? I know. Well, the thing, the other like layer to it that I've been thinking about a lot lately too is like, uh, almost six years ago, I went to uh, my friend put together this thing called the Summit on Technological Unemployment, mm-hmm. where all of these thought leaders got together and were talking about what society would look like in the future when certain jobs become rendered meaningless because of technology. And there were all these amazing speakers just talking about how that's a real reality, how so many we're going to lose so many jobs, um, like lawyers, tech people, you know, and part of it at the end, we were doing these little workshops where what would uh, what would structure look like when you didn't have to work? (laughs) It's like, what a crazy thing to consider. So like thinking about being unemployed by technology or then just even thinking about like, I think the more time people have to kind of like sit in this feeling, if they're sitting in it and from a, like a contemplative or introspective way is how a lot of the stuff that we've been sold is such an illusion. And to give like 40 years of your life to something meaningless, just to like go for a 401k plan and to burn out to the, that degree, like what for? Yeah. Yeah. It's sad because I was I I think about this all the time and like um my dad is like the perfect example of that like he has been working f- with um this company that my uncle's you know created and and he likes it he he loves it I mean he's been part of the company for like 30 years um or maybe like 20 years but um I read this quote I heard this quote and I actually like just wrote it down today and it was um the greatest burden for a child is the unlived life of a parent. And it's by Carl Jung. And like, and it's fucking, it hit me so hard because it's like, yo, that is my dad. Like I, I am, I have been trying to like explain to him that like he works too hard and he needs to enjoy his life more. And he's, he works way too much. Like you, you need, let's go on a vacation. Let's do something. And his excuse is, oh, no, I got have work. And then he has like a side business. So he has a landscaping business on the side, which and he's like, he's like 55 years old. And he he looks really young. and He's in shape. But still, it's like, it just makes me sad as, you know, a millennial, I feel like our parents tried to give us exactly like the perfect childhood that they didn't get. And like the baby boomers or gen z or whatever it is they are they are like super super workaholics and um they don't know any other way because technology hasn't fallen into their lap as easy as it has for us so i feel like the the whole um not being a slave to a 9 to 5 it doesn't like register with them as easy as easily as it does with us because we have more of a like creative way of seeing how we can make money. And we, we, most of us in the millennial or the entrepreneur kind of world, 
views money as energy. And that's a whole type of perspective that um, maybe our parents would think we're crazy when we're talking about energy as money. And, you know, it's easy to make money, but like, it's a whole different world for them. And it's, it's, um, I feel like we kind of are taking on that grief and that shame and that guilt, or at least I am, because I, I want my dad to, to be able to enjoy life before he retires. You know, I don't want him to just like be slaving away until he retires one day and then has all this money. So. Yeah. Cause then it's like, how, how long do you have to actually enjoy it? You know, it's, it's this, this fear. I don't know what, where, where that programming came from for that generation. I feel like there's just so many layers to it. Like my, my stepdad, um, he, he is very different, but he's very much of the school school of thought too, of like, if you don't have a nine to five job or, you know, you don't got this, you know, you're not working. Yeah. Like, well. <laughs> like what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like, well, I'm, I have found a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's just like a programming of fear, of lack, of scarcity. My mom has a really awful relationship with money. And I think a lot of that money anxiety I also inherited. So that quote that you said was like very hit close to home. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting. The undoing, the damage our parents have done uh, unconsciously. Yeah. I feel like we've taken on that as, as our job, as part of our purpose um to not only just to make our parents proud because that's so cliche and obviously everybody wants that but it's to make them feel like they they did the best that they could and it was perfect and um i i recently moved in with my mom and my stepdad um in january and it's really weird because i don't want to say that I had a feeling that something like drastic, like a pandemic was going to happen, but I had um, just some, some kinds of feelings um, when 2020 hit that I needed to go home. And even though I haven't lived at home since I was literally 17 years old, um, mm -hmm. something in me told me that I needed to go home and focus on my health. It was like, it was just health download after health download, like this is it 2020 you have to focus on your health and I I recorded so many podcasts about it too which it's, it freaks me out because I just kept hearing like my spirit guides screaming at me like if you don't fucking figure out your health now then you're fucked and um mm -hmm. I you know I I definitely resonate with what you just said like my most of my money financial wounds are from my mom unfortunately um, because she was forced to be a single mom very young and you know we had to move around a lot and she had to file bankruptcy a couple times and you know as a little person as like someone who's like eight nine ten years old um, I, I kind of knew what was happening and I knew what was going on and um, I think that that created a lot of like resentment and and resistance towards her because I was like disappointed, but I, now that I look back, it's like, well, that shit wasn't easy, you know, like just the fact that she actually did get through that, um, with what little money she did have during that period of time is like astonishing, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a weird thing what happens when you realize that your parents are people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like the craziest thing because like I've had a tumultuous relationship with my mom too. I think that's something, you know, you and I have discussed yeah. and it's funny the kind of cosmic mirror of the fact that like I've recently moved back into my mom's house too. And I had a very similar thing happen in October. I, when I was in LA, I got this crystal clear download, clear as day, put all your stuff in storage save money, get rid of your apartment, like take care of yourself. When was this? October? October. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I thought it was to to save up to like go to LA and that's what I was kind of like planning for. And then October was crazy because I had like big falling out with my former business partner. And then, you know, when I went to Rhythmia and had like this, that crazy Oh, your journey with yeah. Ours. I want to hear about that. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so much, yeah. and then I was still kind of swimming in uncertainty. And then what had happened was like my landlord wanted to raise my rent, and I'm like, I'm not paying this much money to live in Asbury Park, New Jersey. I begged my mom if I could come move home, and for the first time ever, she said yes. Oh. So it's like it's really funny to kind of be working through a lot of that karmic yeah karmic wow (laughs) and I think that that like the fact that you were already kind of thinking that that you wanted to move your your spirit guides were kind of like nudging you and saying hey I think I think that you need to do this and and you know that final push was like oh and your rent's being raised and that was like your spirit guide saying this is it like this is gonna make her realize like all these all these little signs and symbols and it's like they it's like they have us on these strings like we're we're puppets you know and I I do believe in free will and I do believe that we are in charge of our destiny and we do our our thoughts create our reality but at the same time um like there's just a very like blurred line between that I think and like when I start to trace back the the series of events it's like oh okay like I see what you're doing there universe or whatever you want to call it like very thought out very like detailed and like personalized synchronicities so that you get the fucking picture of where you're supposed to go (laughs) totally yeah, they, it's like they're a hidden hand, right, kind of silently guiding us, and they can't interfere with free will, but there's just these subtle movements that mm-hmm. um, I always, always say it's like it'll just keep echoing until you actually listen, mm-hmm. um, and the echo just gets louder and louder, and then in my case, what happened was it was like rent raised, got my like expensive bike stolen, and like it was just everything. I was just like, all right, <laughs> fuck it. I am listening. Exactly. And thank God, like how lucky we are to be in the comfort of our parents' homes. Like I, I just, I don't know. I think I'd be that much more scared being alone in my apartment. Yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, like were my spirit guides were our spirit guides kind of preparing us for this because who knows how long, you know, we'll be in this kind of, um, safety net, um, of, of quarantine and all that. Um, hopefully not long, but I feel like we're very lucky to have this connection to like being able to like just recreate our life, like being able to just hop off of a timeline and being able to create a brand new reality because um, 
you know, you could have went two ways. You could have stayed there and you could have said, oh, you know, I'm just going to like couch surf or I'm going to like stay with a friend because you felt like obligated to stay there because that's what society tells us. Like, what are you going to do? Moving with your parents and you're in your thirties. Um, you know, you should be figuring it out or you should be, you know, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like a different paradigm. And I feel like people are so scared to jump off of the reality and create a new one. And I'm like the complete opposite. Like I've moved so many fucking times in my life. I'm like a Sagittarius at heart. So like right in the middle of Sagittarius season is my birthday. And I, I can, I can trace back to every time that I've moved something like dramatic has happened in my life. So and I, I just am like, I'm so, I'm, I'm that person that will just pick up, leave, fly across the country, drive across the country, restart, press the restart button, and like, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I really relate to that too. I mean, like, I, I've moved a lot in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I briefly lived in North Carolina, but I don't know. Like, I life is precious and short. And like, if you're having any inclination that this isn't the the thing, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I have really opted out of the, the lie that we were sold of like, get married, have kids, get the house, mm. like get the 401k plan like 10 years ago. And I was like, that is not what I want. Yeah. <laughs> that does not sound very, like very much fun that to me. That makes me like kind of nauseous. <laughs> like, even, yeah. oh, like first of all, I can't even... I can't even like date right now. Like just the thought of no. like, I mean, literally we can't date because we're in quarantine, which is even funnier yeah. because I was like, <laughs> I saw this other meme that was like, oh God, I really need to find it now. Um, but basically like recently I've been kind of peeling off the layer and I'm like, all right, maybe I'll download Hinge. Maybe I'll try, you know, this online dating thing again. And I'll like re-download Hinge and delete it like a million times. Um, yeah. And it's oh, okay. Here it is. Um, this is the meme. It says me. I think I'm ready to date again. And the universe says, oh yeah, releases worldwide virus pretend- preventing all human interaction. Me, well played. <laughs> like no, <laughs> you're right. It's not time. <laughs> Just kidding. Like, oh yeah, bitch, you still have some more shadow work to do. Um, yeah, it's just so funny, yeah. and it's it's just one like metaphor and one. It's just hilarious. Like, you can't fucking make this shit up. Like, I keep saying that, but um, <laughs> it's it's just like it makes me wonder. Because I mean, what you were just saying about. Um, not being into the whole like marriage and and I I feel like a lot of us in our age bracket for like millennials aren't so much focused on getting married and having kids but finding someone who can like deal with us like like I feel like that like the whole isolation and and incapability of finding someone who who you want to be with is because of all the baggage that we hold and all the trauma and all of the and all this, the shit that we carry, it's like, oh no, I'm too much for, for someone. Like, and it's really blocking people because we have this like weird preconceived, um, expectation that everybody should just put their 
their best mask forward and like be perfect and then reel them in. And then eventually they will, they'll be okay with the flaws, but it's like, that just kind of sets you up for failure. Totally. Or like, I don't know. I I don't know if this happens to you too, or has happened with, with dating is that it's, it's a gift and a curse to be really sensitive and dialed in. Cause I mean, there's just been instances where like I've been out on a date and they're just like, do really do people still play like games like yeah really? like what <laughs> like oh okay bro I see right through what you're doing um no yeah <laughs> but then on the other hand like I actually uh it's funny because like I'm, I'm not dating either but I went out on a date for the first time in like a really long time uh last week from somebody I met on Raya, which is like a really weird. Dude, you know, I, I um, actually, that's the one that I haven't gotten on and I really want to. I can send you a friend. Yeah, pass. please do because I'm on like some fucking wait list and it's been like months and I'm like, this is bullshit. No, I got you. I'll, I'll give you the friend. Oh, pass. Shit. Yes. <laughs> but the guy I went out with was lovely, like so fucking nice, but I I'm like, am I just fucked up? Because he's like almost too nice that I'm not interested. Yeah, no, no, no. That's <laughs> literally that's so normal. That's it's like that's your typical um, like wanting you want attention. Like we want as as females, we want attention, but we don't want someone who is so into us that we that we feel like there's no. Um, I don't want to say game because we aren't really like trying to play a game, but it's like some catch and release, like cat and mouse, you know, like, like it's so fucked up. It's like, we, we crave a guy or a girl who doesn't give us their energy or as much energy as we would like. And then that makes us want them more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Mm. What did you- But then on the other yeah, it's just like the last 3 years like I've I've had this on again off again collaboration, I guess we could call it. Collaboration. <laughs> with, with my- I love that. <laughs> and now I'm like that's good cuz it feel like a partnership. It's more of like a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um and he's amazing, my best friend, but he's like a fucking like praying mantis cat like <laughs> always like has to kind of, I don't know he's like a person of his own where he's so nice but also like needs space and I think we both understand that of each other which is also kind of like a weird blessing mm-hmm. but I don't know I, I I feel like the universe is giving everybody a timeout, and it's it, it's good to kind of I don't want to say self be selfish is the word but it's good to take a lot of self-care yeah right yeah now. like take inventory and like really um take notes of like what relationships and what friendships are helping you thrive because in isolation you're gonna realize oh like I really care about this person I'm gonna reach out to them and like I feel like everybody in society who maybe doesn't have that you know quote-unquote perfect job and and relationship and house and family um we've kind of been feeling isolated and and alone um for a while now even if you're not in the spiritual realm at all like like there's studies proven that like ages 
um, what is it? Gen, Gen X. Is that, is that after millennials? The like eight, like so. uh, 18 to like 25. They are the most depressed and lonely generation out of all of the generations. And they are, have the most like, um, they are with people all the time. They're in school, <laughs> you know, like if I oh. think back to like my high school and art school and college, I was around people all the time. I was a fucking extrovert to the max. I was like totally not like I am right now. And um, I was always living with people. I was always hanging out with my friends. I was always going to the beach. I was always doing something like we were always up to like no good. It was, it was like a big party all the time. And it's, it's so much easier to meet people when you're in college or whatever. Um, And this is really, you know, spiritual solitude is part of the awakening process. And it's, it's part of, um, of connecting with your shadow self and the parts of yourself that that aren't working because a lot of who we are is who we think we should be for the people around us this episode is brought to you by thought cloud cbd which is one of the purest cbd companies i'm affiliated with they are Reiki-infused, vegan, sustainable, and pure, lab-tested, world-renowned CBD, and they have a variety of products from tinctures to topicals and even face masks and facial cleansers that are infused with CBD in them. I've actually been using ThoughtCloud CBD products for almost two years now, and I love their tinctures so much. Um, It was one of the first companies that I really got deep into the tincture form of healing, and their tinctures are really nice and light. They have coconut oil in them. They don't have all these crazy flavors with additives and, you know, different types of chemicals that you don't want to be in your CBD. You just want exactly what you are getting. And the reason why you take CBD is to heal. So you don't want any of those junky fillers in there. And CBD is not meant to have that stuff in it. So Thought Cloud is all about healing. And I recommend using their tinctures for anxiety, depression, inflammation, gut health, autoimmune flare-ups, And I also use their CBD Facial Cleanser Bar Soap, the CBD Mud Mask that you guys always see me posting about in my stories. So if you'd like to check out ThoughtCloud, you can follow them on Instagram. Just type in ThoughtCloud or you can purchase anything off their website, ThoughtCloud.net. And you can use discount code GYPSYLOVEFLOW for a discount. And if they're ever having a sale, you can also use my discount code GYPSYLOVEFLOW and that will give you extra money off, even if it's like a 70% crazy sale that they have. Sometimes they have sales during the season. So go ahead, check them out, thoughtcloud.net. Use code GYPSYLOVEFLOW for a discount at checkout. It's so true. I mean, the, the thing is, it's good to have that, t- like, introspection. Like, there's a reason why the hermit is such an important part of the major arcana. But, like, that's such a sad thing to think about the statistics of how many of these, like, younger kids are lonely. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, 
I don't know. Do you do you, do you follow Jillian Richardson? Do you know her? No. Work? Oh, she's lovely. Uh, she was a speaker at the last Whitma we did, um, the final one, and she had said she has this company called the Joy List, where she curates lists of events and happenings in New York for lonely people to get together and actually like find community. And she had shared a statistic that loneliness has the same effect on your health as if you smoked like something like three packs of cigarettes yeah, a day. Yeah, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, because right? if that's the case, I don't, I don't want to know how how fucked up my lungs are or how how fucked up my body is. Because when I was living in Philly, I was just like, I mean, I was teaching yoga and I was around people, which was great. Um, but I was also the mo- the most lonely and isolated I've ever been because it was so impossible for me to meet people. I I moved there under some really gnarly circumstances. Like um, when I was living in Miami, I I um I got scammed by a realtor. And if you want, if you know how we were talking about earlier, like when the universe kind of like pushes you into a new reality, um, I was yeah. literally pushed into a new reality because this realtor scammed us and. Um, forced me to put all my shit in storage, forced me to bring, to give my cat to my mom. And then I, um, on a whim, just flew up to Philly to stay with a friend who ended up being a drug addict, drug dealer, narcissist, um, who really like put me in a weird headspace. And then after that whole thing happened, I was on my own in Philly, um, you know, getting soberish and living this soberish lifestyle and um, meeting friends in that headspace is so challenging. I don't, I don't care what city you're in, um, because alcohol is such a normal social lubricant at this point. And once I started getting clean and my head was, my mental space was clear. That's when the shadow work really begins, and that's when you start realizing, oh, like this is why the, this is why I am the way that I am because of this and because of that, and that happened when I was a child, and this happened when I was eighteen and whatever, and it's like the the layers of the onion just keep peeling off and peeling off, and it's like you know when you have like an open wound and and even when you put a bandaid on it, you can feel that like that that harsh kind of like tender skin. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like all the time because you're just constantly having these realizations, <laughs> like kind of like you're on like a, a psychedelic. But um, when you're yeah. when you're when your mind is starting to get clean from drugs and from alcohol or from toxic relationships or you know, like toxic sexual relationships, you start to like awaken to how much shit you've actually been through. Yeah. And that's so fucking hard to be able to like sit in that wound and come out of it. And like, I, I don't know how your process has been for it, but I really resonate. And that's such a powerful fucking metaphor for it. But I think the hardest thing is like, forgiving yourself for the choices because man I've been so fucking hard on myself for all of that stuff so it's like to look at it to feel it and then to somehow come out on the other end of it still being able to like forgive and love yourself that's really fucking hard yeah that's the hardest part is is not like sitting in the shit of like guilt and and labeling 
ourselves as trauma victims or trauma survivors or, you know, a drug addict, like, I feel like that could be very limiting as well. Like, um, just identifying with the trauma that, that I've been through wasn't really doing me any good, um, because I was just harping on it and I was ruminating on it. And I was, um, so obsessed with why, why did this happen to me? And, oh, I fucking hate him. Or I can't believe that happened. I can't believe this situation happened. Um, and then once you just really start to peel the layers, you just get so mushy and you get so like, um, you just can't think about it anymore. And you're just like, well, I'm just here. Um, I'm one big blob (laughs) of whatever the fuck I am. And I just have to surrender and look at, look at it as, well, what was the universe doing? Like, like, you know, like we're saying how it seems like a perfect little like script that the universe has. Um, what's the, what's this behind the script that, that the universe is making for us and it's it fucking sucks when when we're faced with you know abuse and partners that don't serve us or friends that are emotionally abusive or drugs or whatever it is um but it's all with meaning like it all has a meaning to it completely i mean that's that's the thing that's the paradox right if it on a spiritual path trying to look at things from a non-dual way and realizing that that's all part of god too you know the abusive situation the the cocaine the whatever whatever it is whatever the toxic behavior the toxic thing that's part of another bigger thing that i think sometimes the greatest revelations are met after tragedy and it's an unfortunate thing but if you can find the gold in the heaviness that's like you know the alchemical metaphor that is so mm-hmm. powerful but there beca- there's something really uh i don't i don't know how how to word this so a friend of mine who is just like a amazing woman she does a lot of activism and has a yoga studio and is just like a very mindful person and i don't even know how it came up but somebody had said something and the way they phrased it was that they were talking about homeless people and she corrected them. And she was like, no, you can never say that. That is like a really fucked up way to kind of generalize a human being. She's like, the way that you should kind of look at it is this is a person that's experiencing homelessness Mm. and looking at that as a lens to like reflect on like trauma, abuse, addiction It's like to label, well, I'm a trauma survivor and I'm an addict and I'm this. And it's like, no, you're Gab. And these are your experiences and the experiences that you've walked through to become who you are. Yeah. Like for me, for so long after I ended my relationship with my one ex, I just clung to like, well, he hit me and he cheated on me and he abused me and he almost ruined my life and he was abusive and this and that. And you know what I was doing is that I was just like completely disempowering myself and inflating this monster. And you know what I did the other day, which is like just I was crazy to do, but I sent him an email and I thanked him for all the actual good things he brought into my life. And 
because we have nothing but time right now with the quarantine, <laughs> I actually took a Skype call with him and I hadn't seen his face in like years. And when I saw him, I completely melted because I just felt compassion because I'm like, this is not a malicious mm -hmm. person. This is not a, a person that means to hurt people. This is, person is also an addict. And this person is like a, a, a like a dog that doesn't know what he's right. doing. And all I, I was reduced to just like, wow, I have compassion for you. I have compassion for you. And the story can change now. Oh my now. God. Yeah. That, Sorry, no, that was no, a long like rant. That, <laughs> I don't think I could do that with, <laughs> with my exes. Just going to say that right there. But the fact that yeah. you can see past um, whether it's physical, emotional abuse, because I feel like when we are in these relationships with whatever you want to call it, soulmate, um, twin flame, I don't think that that's necessarily a positive thing. Like, I know people are like, oh, let me find my soulmate or my twin flame. But I feel like that is just a metaphor of a mirror. And like when two people are in a relationship that maybe it's not the right time one person is going to take out all of their anger and all of their pain and all of their trauma on the other person because they know that there's no other person in their life that they can get away with doing that with. Um, like that's your typical narcissist rela relationship is that they feel like they can just get away with treating you like shit because you don't have um, anything else because your self-worth is low but what you're saying is that you got out of that relationship and now now that time has healed it and you've obviously raised your self-worth, you're totally capable of seeing that person in a new light, in a compassionate way. So it really does start with like, like raising our own self-worthiness um, and our, our, our vibe with that. Completely. I think there's a reason why those cliches are cliches too about like holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick or like holding on to anger is like holding on a hot coal and expecting the other person to burn. It's definitely mm -hmm. one of those things. And it's almost like a biblical parable to think about like forgiving this one ex because he was very different than like I went from one ex abusive relationship to another abusive relationship and both both forms of abuse were very different. Um, but there's something in that, like, fucking forgive them for no, they know not what they do or like love thy neighbor stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it took like psychedelics for me to be like, yo, the Bible really, um, it, there's some stuff in there that's very powerful. And then, like, <laughs> also, like, what is it with New Jersey guys? Why are they such pieces of shit? Oh, like, God, they're like awful. I don't want to I don't want to make a whole blanket statement, but like I'm from New Jersey originally and <clears throat> I went to I, I lived there until I was 18. And two of my more serious relationships, I guess you could call it, were with, um, you know, people, two guys from New Jersey, and they both ended up being heroin addict you know, narcissist, like manipulative. And it also, it's just like, okay, what does that say about me? You know what I mean? Like it's just been all these layers that have been peeling back and it, it goes back to 
us holding on to our parents' trauma and and like the cycles and the patterns that our parents like unwillingly put onto us because low self-worth is not um you're not born with that it's it's learned and it's like it's um absorbed through the energy before you can even speak before you can even go to school you know when your age is like three four five you've been absorbing your parents energy and you pretty much get the gist of what's going on without being able to like talk with them or um you know something really crazy happened recently which was a huge mind uh cracking open if you will um and I won't share too much of it because it is my mom's business but um recently we were in the car in a Walmart parking lot (laughs) out of all places and um she shared with me that she was uh sexually assaulted when she was like 14 years old and um in that moment I heard my spirit guide saying see see it's not just you it's not your fault it's not you it's not your fault you you didn't um you didn't ask for this kind of stuff it was in your DNA and I just kept hearing that it was in your DNA it was Mm -hmm. in your DNA um and this this conversation came out of fucking nowhere. I was like, wow, just like all the bells are ringing, all the flashing lights, and it all starts to make sense once you get these bits and pockets of information. Um, we are products of our parents, and I'm not saying that um, our parents are to blame for everything, but a lot of what we carry is like, well, why, why, why did I keep getting the wrong guy? Why did I keep getting abused? This and that. Why did I have drug and alcohol problems? Why did I have an eating disorder? Well, it makes perfect sense, you know? Completely. Have you looked into epigenetics yeah. at all? Yeah. Oh my God. That's what like it's blows my crazy. mind too. It's like, we're literally like fucking <laughs> carrying out these karmic reflections that are encoded in our yeah. DNA. It's insane. I just like, yeah, that was just like a huge epiphany. And I was like, oh, shit. It's almost like spirit or whatever, your spirit guides, God, um, just like looked me in the eye and was like, see, this is why we told you to come live with your parents, because you needed to hear this, you needed to do the shadow work. And that wasn't going to happen if I was living on my own, hating my life, um, hustling and just getting by and um you know like but think about what a gift for your mom mm -hmm. too you know like in for her it's probably really nice to have you I think so yeah I don't know if she'd be the person to admit it or you know (laughs) know your mom I'm assuming but uh, I'm just imagining just to have the time to heal like as you heal yourself you heal her yeah that's crazy that you're saying that because I kind of I like had that download before I even moved here and I was like questioning why the fuck I kept receiving this message to to move back here and you know as much as I was resisting it I was like oh well maybe in order for me to heal my autoimmune disorder and my depression and just all the things that I'm really really focused on leaving behind 
maybe this is like the missing puzzle piece. And in order for me to really heal physically and emotionally, I need to heal the relationship in my life that is hands down the most intense relationship anyone will have is with their parents. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's, I think, I don't know if we talked about this too, and we've had like our many little chats, Um, but uh, I think another reason why I have been so like fuck dating is because like I'm just not really ready for another <laughs> lesson. Totally. Yeah, I hear that loud and clear. I'm just like, no. Let's keep. Yeah. Like, all right. I see how the one was like my dad. I see how the one was like my mom. I got to work on who I am right now so that I can like really refine and polish and meet the, the right. right and like, and at the same time, it's like, we can get lost in that too. We can, we can get lost in the, I'm just going to focus on myself and then, um, and then kind of put up this semi fear ish wall that's saying, Oh no, I'm not ready to meet anybody because of this. But then is that blocking us? I don't know. Like I, I truly do sometimes desire someone to cuddle with or someone to just watch a movie with. And then I start talking myself out of it. And I'm like, oh, but no, they would think you're crazy for this. And they they would eventually find out that you do this. And it's like, it's like, fuck, man, like, let me live. <laughs> I go through the same thing. But then in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't really want this because I get to choose the movie. I don't want anybody <laughs> telling me what movie I'm supposed to watch. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's like, I don't fucking need anybody telling me what to do. I've been single for how long? Yeah, <laughs> I'm such like I'm such a only child in so many ways. Um, I I'm not like a typical only child. Like I'm not selfish, but it's just like when it comes to certain things, it's like I am such a movie snob, and like it needs to be my choice. Or I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be a very annoying person uh-huh. for somebody. Wait, I'm what, sure. what's what's your sign? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm that's right. So you are definitely intense, and you know what you want. I mean, it's it's not. Yes. compromisable which is which is kind of interesting that um that you were a victim in in manipulative relationship because Aries seems to be so tough but also very emotional too so I can yeah. see that we're fire so well the one that it was funny because like the one that was physically abusive was actually less harmful than the one that was mentally abusive and the one that was mentally abusive Mm. was an Aries so that was hard it was just like two rams butting heads and then the Capricorn was the one that was just um you know uh struggled with addiction and had uh had his issues with Uh, that but like good old Capricorn yeah I mean the thing I've had some fuckery with Capricorns too. And it's nothing, it's nothing like against certain signs. I think it's just where we're at in our lives too is what we, is what we um, like reflect and bring in. And it's, but it is kind of daunting sometimes for me to, to sit back and say, okay, well, you know, I'm doing all this work. Like we're all, we're all doing this work, the shadow work and, and raising our self-worth and, um, focusing on ourselves to better ourselves but how do you integrate that into 
society where society you're not so sure where this person's coming from and I personally am not going to go to the bar and meet someone um that sounds like hell for me I'd rather just be be single forever I, I I get really anxious now when I go to bars because I feel like bars are kind of connected to some of the trauma that I've been through in my life so it's kind of like it's like a double-edged sword it's like okay cool you did all this shadow work and this trauma work and you can't go to bars now either <laughs> it's like fuck <laughs> yeah like fuck <laughs> yeah but like that where where do you meet people raya. i mean that's the thing that that i yeah raya i guess <laughs> Because the other ones I've just downloaded and delete too, like Hinge and whatever. Like I've just kept Raya for the novelty of it, and like the few people I've matched with. It's like, right, oh, this is interesting. And, and they've with all been Raya. Nice, like, do but... you? Ha- so it's it shows you people from all over, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So is that? Yeah. I mean, that 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 is good for people who travel. I mean, have you gone on a lot of dates when you're traveling from that? I mean, I haven't, I haven't been going on dates like at all, but I've, I've chatted with a bunch of people. Um, but one of the things I, I mean, I'm just so fucking naive too, which is another thing I have to work through is like, um, you can be on it for dating and you can be on it for work. And if you're on it for dating, there's an option that you click where it says, uh, you know, Jen Mm -hmm. is just here for friends. And I didn't even know that that's just kind of like the automatic default. So one of the guys I was chatting with who's lovely and, like, super nice has, like, a fucking hologram company. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But he's married. And he's like, oh, I'm just friends. And I'm like, well, why does your wife know that? And I'm like, "Uh, I guess a lot of people go on there for just friends and they're married. Wait, that's really interesting because today I was listening to um, this podcast. You know Dak Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert? So, you know, yes. his, like, business partner, Monica Padman? Um, I, I don't I don't know. I don't so, know, like, too much. I just know yeah, the Yeah, so she know kind of is, like, his partner or whatever. It's weird. They, like, him, him and Kristen Bell and Monica Padman are kind of like a – I don't want to say they're poly because I don't think they have sex, but they're, like, very close. Like, they're, like, a, they're like a package deal. Yeah. Well, Monica, they're, they're like – you know, partner or whatever has a new podcast and she's basically getting ripped to shreds by like a therapist and her other best, her gay best friend is on it. And they talk about all the fuckery that, that goes on with dating and trauma. And so one of them is a sex addict, this gay guy named, named Jess. And then Monica is kind of like, um, kind of like me, like she's, She's unable to date. She's like closed off. She like doesn't have like a connection to sexuality. She's like asexual, you know. So it's like they're like completely opposites. <laughs> but the the therapist that they had on today um, was basically saying that the majority of people nowadays they they don't start dating someone from that perspective. They they gradually move into a a romantic relationship or partnership with someone who was a friend before because they feel comfortable. And she was like, yeah, they feel, they feel safe. They feel comfortable. They feel easy um, because they already know you. So it's like this pressure to like start dating and like go into the date with like a romantic vibe and like energy is kind of like weird. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't like to me it's like a turn off to be like, Ew. like I don't know, the like the whole like dating thing. Like I don't know. It's just like a weird a it weird just feels thing. very forced. And like <laughs> I totally relate with Yeah. Yeah. To be like, and I'd I much know. rather like be on a dating app and like go in there and say, Oh, I'm here for friends and then meet up with someone with that intention, right? With the intention of just being friends, like no pressure. And then that gradually becoming something romantic that seems way more safe than just going into it like oh I guess we should talk about this because we're on a date or like yeah totally yeah I think I think that like I don't know when you actually can like be friends with somebody and if that's how it like starts that's that offers such a Mm -hmm. good foundation as opposed to like, oh well, what turns you on? Yeah, like, what are you looking for? Oh my god, all that conversation is so like awful. Have you had? <laughs> have you had like very many friend with benefits um, situations? Because that can go pretty dark too. You know, honestly, like my <laughs> collaborator over the last three years has mm-hmm. been my friend with benefits, and. I'm spoiled with him because he's my best friend and we have such a creative connection and like literally Gab like we we have nights where we'll just talk and all of a sudden it's like 1am and I'm like what the fuck we were just talking this whole entire time so he hits every level and like we have like an amazing connection like in bed but the the issue is is that like he's like my complete opposite and he's like this rainbow nihilist that thinks like nothing matters and like lives in his mom's house and like never wants to like I don't know we're just so different so that's the thing where it's like man it where we meet is so fucking amazing and profound but where we don't meet is so fucking detrimental that like the reason why it never like has been able to be successful I think is because like I love him so much yeah. I don't want to change him and I just I, I think anytime those feelings of like oh well maybe we can make it work is like no the rational me is like right no. <laughs> this is the okay and it's to also be my scary to like feel like you're putting that that friendship on on ice or something like I've I've been in that situation where I had a best friend in in art school and we we went to concerts together and he he really cared about me like it was just a very um genuine friendship and then once sex got involved shit got really weird and we all had the same friend group and it turned into um like him kind of like ignoring me when we would go out with our friends right like drinking at the bars and whatever and then when we would go back to his place like he would be all over me and it was like very like it was just a mind fuck you know mm-hmm. um yeah and but where did you meet your your collaborator like you've known him for a while well actually i met him through oh, okay that my works ex. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh I had known my ex since like 2009 when I used to have a t-shirt line with another ex-boyfriend um we had a t-shirt line where like we'd make designs and he would silkscreen them and then I would sell them at these little events called sure alternative so it'd be like these weird like Andy Warhol factory like cool 
bands and like artists and like whatever and it was sponsored by this one radio station um so it's like culture alternative nights so i met him back then and i always thought he was like a little nuts i was like what what is this guy <laughs> on <laughs> like that was your first like... <laughs> <laughs> my first clue <laughs> but he's like charming but um so then you flash forward to summer of 2013 i got back from doing ayahuasca with daniel pinchback in costa rica and then Somebody from that chore alternative reached out to me because they were talking about doing like an AM radio station. And I was like, oh, cool. And they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you get involved. I took a meeting, ran into what then became my boyfriend, uh, which was the person back in 2009. And I had also written like a psychedelic kids book. Like, I know that sounds so crazy, but it was basically like this like kids book on unity consciousness. And I needed an uh, illustrator. And he's like, oh, you need to meet Richie. So, I mean, Richie and I talk openly, so he can, he won't even listen to this. <laughs> You're but safe. <laughs> we share the story. <laughs> I'm safe. Um, so he introduced me to him and Richie illustrated my kid's book. And I think he found it very annoying because he does not like the new age mm -hmm. stuff, although he is a seeker. So we're having like arguments about like what baby Jesus's nose <laughs> should look like and like... <laughs> <laughs> how to make gandhi look like a muppet like, baby out of this world <laughs> shit which i feel like we all need yeah and then we <laughs> totally and him and i bonded over x files and he became like my best friend and also eventually wound up becoming like my big support system when like i found out that my my ex was cheating on me and like then started like fucking mm -hmm. up you know so um, when I broke up with my ex, he and I started hanging out more. And then it was just like one of those things. You're just like, wow, like you're amazing. And but in theory, this should work. And yeah, but it's a it's a different situation. I think it would be like a little it would be a little more challenging if it wasn't like that. We had three years of friendship before three years of mm -hmm. this dance we've been doing. Yeah, but. I don't know. I think what gets hard is that like him and I have an agreement that if, you know, I, I or he meet somebody that, that we have feelings for that, like, we won't talk about it until it feels necessary to like bring up in case like they're going to be around like our friends or whatever. And like, we'll just be adults about it. But I also think that that's, that's going to be hard. Like when I do have a, a serious relationship, if I ever have a serious relationship yeah. again, you will, like, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, get, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Gonna happen. <laughs> we're getting there yeah. um, but also like, I've thought about this a lot is, is like, it seemed like when I was in art school or just younger, like, you know, 18 to like 25, it's so much easier to like fall for someone. It's and like that, that like romantic, yeah. like, headspace is like so much easier to tap into because you're like you're not tainted by fucking adultery I guess like and like all the yeah. and all I guess all the trauma like you know from relationships which at 24 I was already <laughs> I was already traumatized but it's just funny <laughs> to think back yeah. to um my first few relationships and how how romantic they were and how how, when when you're younger it's like you're so naive and it's so cool and it's like you're so into yeah. one another and and it's it's almost like you just have more more game and more steez and and like guys like like young guys they don't know 
you know, they haven't been through a lot of relationships yet, so they're giving it their all. And, like, the more um, relationships you go through and then you're just tallying them up on your wall, you're like, oh, fuck, like, this next one, gotta gotta prepare. <laughs> like, you know, it just kind of makes you feel yeah. <laughs> painted and, like, ready for war or ready, ready to, to see their... Yeah their dark side or ready to see their psycho side and everybody's just got this like guard put up like oh like they gotta be like something's gotta be seriously wrong with them or you know it's like it's like a a coping mechanism to to protect ourselves and I think that's really bite bitten me in the ass because um it's hard to like disconnect from identifying my relationship life to all those toxic ones like even though I'm raising my self-worth it's um it's hard to to you know take off that or to put on the blindfold that was taken off you know it's like oh I I I know how guys are and it kind of make it's, it's it goes both ways I'm sure men look at women like oh yeah she's probably a psycho or you know what I mean like yeah well it's hard it's hard not to be jaded like it's so important to to have those experience because they help you they help us have like better boundaries but I don't know it's like this weird homesickness for that naivete sometimes because like that oh my god I love you and you're my soulmate and that like did you watch that fucking show no but I've heard about it is it good Oh my god. I like I've needed to binge watch junk just because I'm such a researcher and like I spend so much the majority of yeah. my day like reading heavy shit. So like you know what? I'm just going to watch this. And it's <laughs> it's absurd. I mean, like it's ridiculous, but also like I'm hearing these people talk about like I just know this is oh who I'm god. meant to marry and this is my soulmate and this that. and I'm like shut up. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm like I don't want to be this person yelling at the TV and being like you're yeah, stupid. Like, when I saw the <laughs> the cover of it on Netflix, it kind of reminded me of like one of those MTV like early 2000s dating shows and I was like I don't know about this. <laughs> um but like totally. yeah, dude, what you just said like you miss that like that naive, you know, I love you and so like intimate. And I feel like once you get older, it's like, well, I have my life and I have my job and I have my, my fur animals and I have this and I have that. And I feel like when we're in our vibration, when, when we're kind of like falling in love with ourselves again, as corny as that fucking sounds, um, which is, but it's totally necessary because I hated myself for so many years, like literally hated myself. Um, like I'm starting to really like who I am and I'm like, Oh dude, you're cool. You know, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like you're, you're cool. Yeah. You're, cool. you're into cool <laughs> stuff and you know, you have a podcast and like you're, you're doing cool stuff. Like give yourself a fucking break, but then it's hard to like have somebody like, have somebody come in and and then let them them show you it's like well I don't want anybody to tell me if I'm cool or not like I I'm deciding that I'm cool and um (laughs) that's I guess that's another coping mechanism too but like it's hard just getting older and allowing someone into your life like it's just harder because we're just 
we're smarter now and we're not just going to let our guard down for just anyone, especially when you have, when you're raising your vibration. And I was just listening to another podcast today and she was saying, it's harder to date when you are raising your vibration because it's easier for you to see their energy. And if it's low vibe energy, then it's just a no. And it's, it's like, you don't have even an ounce of energy to even to see, which can be a blessing or a curse. Um, Because they could be really cool. But if you're not getting any, any um, sense of wanting to like, try with them, then it's just a no. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we can both agree on the fact that like the idea of settling for just like, eh, well, you know, that's no, just like not even an that's option. That's what our parents did. Yeah. And just like that. It just can't. Can't do it. Can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't know. Circling back to the love is blind thing too. I will say, uh, cause I think there's a powerful metaphor in this too, because I was just like, poo-pooing the stupid show yes. that I watched every episode of but there's one couple in particular that I cried like just they you'll I'm not giving anything away but they actually made me feel a sense of hope and like a little bit of rekindling of that naivete mm-hmm. that has been so lost because I was like wow these are two really beautiful people and uh they actually did find true love in the most bizarre, <laughs> bizarre. circumstance so <laughs> um, there's hope for anybody you don't know what, what episode is it <laughs> Oh, it's the whole thing. Oh, okay. I, I can't give it away. All right. I guess I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I, I guess I have nothing else to do than, yeah. than binge watch, you know, Netflix since we're quarantined. <laughs> okay. hey, we, got, we got nothing but time yeah. for the foreseeable I've just been working weeks. out a lot and like, I don't know, I, like, I canceled my gym membership and I was like, fuck yeah, I'm not fucking paying them money anymore. I can work out outside and it's like, you know. I feel like people are also going to realize, oh shit, look at all these, look at all these things that I pay for monthly that I don't really need. Yeah. Like how unimportant that is. It's just like, you can go be outside in nature, Mm -hmm. go for a walk. Like, oh my God. And that's like what Gary (laughs) Vee is like always fucking talking about. He's like, what? Like if you're broke, then what are you spending your money on? Like you're spending your money on shit that you think you need to, that people think that you need. It's just like, that's, that's his like whole steez right now. And it's like, it is so true. Like, do you really need that gym membership? Do you really need that nice ass car that you, do you drive to work and then you bring it home and like, that's it? No. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that to me, like what some people are spending money, like, I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit on people's choices at all, but like, when you think about like, God, so having like an $800 a month car payment, like for what, you know, like, that's the people who have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. And I feel like this whole thing that's happening to like, kind of bring it full circle is going to make people look at their lives um in all aspects you know because like the people who have a ton of money um I, you know some of them have a lot of money but they're also kind of just getting by because they have so much money and they have so much like they have 
all these cars, this lavish lifestyle, multiple homes. And it's like, you know, they don't have too much cushion. um, So it's going to affect them too. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it, the fact that that, however long this lasts, whatever will come of it, wherever it goes, like this is an historical moment in our lifetime. And I just think on the other side of this, whatever it is is gonna definitely yeah. be different. It's trippy. <laughs> That's for sure. And the. Yeah, I just didn't mean, I can't even imagine what's cl- closer to the election. I'm not trying to like future trip too much, but it's just like epic, epic. times we're in, Gab. And scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I don't know, man. I, when I was in Costa Rica with my friend Tarka uh, back in December when I had that like heinous trip and like demonic possession or whatever we kept her and I both talked about like looking at it as like surfing through chaos and that sometimes like the right way is the wrong way and like what's up is sometimes down what's down is sometimes up like you just got to keep surfing and we actually like took surfing lessons when we're out there and I just kept thinking about how like even that feeling of like you know, uncertainty, like if you can even like hold balance as you're on this thing. I mean, for me, I'm not like a surfer, so it's like totally Mm -hmm. like a petrifying thing. (laughs) But there is like satisfaction when you reach the shore. So I think that like just to look at it that like we're all just surfing through chaos right now. So not to be afraid, but to kind of take that anxiety feeling and remember that there's there's something on the other side of this i feel like we should probably make an entire episode about ayahuasca or just healing um in general and like because i've had a near-death experience on psychedelics not ayahuasca and i've i've loved to like pick your brain about that and um i know that i mentioned to you uh colin i like reached out to him because I know that him and Michael Phillip are so, you know, they they are, I don't want to say like enthusiasts because that, that would be weird to say that. But they 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 explain the ayahuasca experience very like wholesome and wholesome way. And so I reached out to yes. him and I was like, yo, dude, I'm like very scared to to do ayahuasca because I had a near death experience on acid. And we figured out that it was because I was also on benzos at the time. And he made me feel a lot better about it. Mm -hmm. And like, the more I like read your posts and um, just like, listen to people talking about it, like, I definitely have been feeling called to do it. And I would love to like, really have like a, a deep dive episode with you about that. Because um you just seem like you've had some like a wide variety of of experiences and that last one seemed to like shake you up a bit yeah that one was wild and I would I would love that I feel like we could have like plenty of gab sessions literally (laughs) and also yeah I'm totally down so now that now that my technology is working and uh I mean an hour an hour and 20 minutes just flew and by also, though, um the 
Rhythmia dating app. We can talk about that on the next episode too. Yeah. Which Perfect. I can't wait to, to be it. part of that. Yeah. 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 Did you guys so schedule? I, will, the... I emailed them back, and then this stuff kind of happened with the quarantine stuff. But we we are scheduling uh, an mm-hmm. interview with JJ. His name. Yeah, so that'll happen, and yes. I'm super stoked because that seems like it would be such a like more safe vibe of of dating app, like yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's funny because I think this this everything we covered on this episode is a really good layup to talk about like more mindful dating and ayahuasca and all. all yeah, I love that next time around, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely a good a good platform that they're building, and I, I'm really happy to kind of be connected to that that field because it's necessary. Like to just not just be like swiping or like shopping for your match. You can actually be like, oh, does psilocybin and transcendental right? meditation? Like, okay, <laughs> right? It's like, dude, how are we supposed to like find awakened on the same level people like? we can't just like go and dive into this conver- this kind of conversation with a normie. They're going to think that we're absolutely insane and we need to be like institutionalized. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> but there's also like nuance to it. Cause it's like, I want to date somebody that's like into these things, but I'm like, I don't really want to date. Same. The guy in genie Literally. Like, I'm I, not into that. <laughs> we need that balance. Like, like if you're out there, I don't know yeah. if you're out there and you're listening, you need to be, like the most balanced kind of masculine with like tattoos and like you you need to be more masculine than me because if I have more tattoos than you I'm gonna feel like the man and I don't like that feeling (laughs) yeah like where like Okay, before, like, we gotta, like, wrap it up. I'm curious. So, like, if you were to, like, build, like, the avatar of who this person is, like, so, like, uh, my illustrator of Amenti, Natalie, is, like, she's, like, my best friend. And we had this discussion uh, a few months ago. We were in Boston mm-hmm. with another friend of ours. And we were, like, talking about, like, building the perfect guy. And, like, we kept using soup as the metaphor. Like, that goes oh, in the definitely. soup. That's the I've been thinking thing. about this a lot, manifesting and writing out and and – like I'd be interested in, in hearing yours too, but mine um, basically is I I need a guy that looks like a piece of shit on the outside, but really isn't on the inside. <laughs> like 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 Post Malone, like he's like a sweetheart deep down. Like if you've seen him in like interviews or like whatever, he's like a fucking teddy bear, but he looks like a convict. I love that shit. I'm I'm your girl for that because I need to be balanced out because I have my yoga and I have my woo-woo shit and I need a guy who he'll, he'll do yoga and he's active and whatever and he makes money and he's successful but he can't be like too like wooey because then I'm just gonna be like oh my god get the fuck away from me like like we need I need <laughs> I need somebody to balance me out <laughs> amen to that what about you (laughs) well I used to say like which is like very funny so forever I've said like I want to marry Jason Siegel and like he's like 
the guy and it's so funny because like i've been saying this since like 2009 and my mom used to be a flight attendant she had him on one of her fucking flights one day and she literally like my daughter said that she wants to marry you and i'm like oh, oh my, my god. god get the fuck out of here kidding me so she made him sign a picture of me and my mom yo your mom has balls <laughs> she does but like funny enough his sister Allie Siegel is fucking hilarious she has a podcast called web crawlers oh and we follow each other on Instagram um she's awesome because she's like I feel like she's just I want to be friends with her anyway um but Jason Siegel was like the archetype of guy like this tall muppety kind of goofer that like is mind seems mindful and kind but like yeah. I need somebody with an edge too I need somebody that's like got a good dose of snot. yeah I mean I'm fucking from New Jersey so like yeah <laughs> we need, were from yeah, New Jersey they fucking, so <laughs> they need to put us in check but also like they need to listen <laughs> yeah exactly. I love that <laughs> not be so like yeah so no, soft we, we can't, we you can't know, do I don't know. that soft like that soft bit. No. we're fire no 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 I like yeah <laughs> completely I like I just need I remember like um one of one of the first festivals I ever had a speaking engagement with I like went with my ex-boyfriend and like it was just such a trip and so weird and like at one point we were just like walking around the festival and like there was nothing to do but drum circles and like we were able to laugh about the fact that it <laughs> like, was that's just, our only just option drum circle. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the only yeah, option is the drum circle is literally like <laughs> up at the top of the page it yeah a thousand percent like if you aren't funny, yeah. then you're not yeah. for me. But that's that's the build uh -huh. that's the building we'll of keep, our soup. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll keep <laughs> I, I gotta do some like witchy spells over here too. I have like red candles, and I've been learning a lot about witch um, magic and just like it really getting into that kind of like practice and rituals. So we'll see. Let's see what I can whip up during this mm. this quarantine. What kind of spells and shit we can do. <laughs> yeah oh my conjuring God, yes. during the quarantine i like <laughs> yeah oh man this has been awesome you, we're gonna do this so again fun. for sure um i love you yeah amen yeah i can't wait <laughs> wow i hope that you guys enjoyed that episode as much as i did talking to jennifer sodini was definitely an expansive and just super down-to-earth, easy vibe conversation. I love talking about relationships and drugs and all this shit, and everybody can resonate in one way or another, and it's really just so fun to be able to sit down with someone who you don't know that well, but you can connect with. And right now, more than ever, in this quarantine situation that we're in, um is the perfect opportunity to text that friend you haven't talked to in a while or reach out to someone who you um, feel a connection with maybe on on instagram or maybe you want to reestablish a relationship with someone who you miss or you want to check in on someone now's the time um, connection doesn't have to be physical and even though we are socially distancing ourselves it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's um it's a physical distancing but it doesn't have to mean that we're socially distancing 
we can still stay really connected through all this wild and divine technology we have at our fingertips. So if any time in humanity this were to happen, I guess we're lucky that it's happening right now with all the resources and podcasts and information and and apps and technology um, so that we can stay connected with our friends and family and and not feel so alone in this. Because imagine how you would feel if this was like the 70s or the 80s when like technology was really nothing and it would have just felt a lot different. Let's just put it that way. Anyways, if you enjoyed this episode, you can screenshot it and tag me on Instagram. All of my information is in the show notes. You can also rate and review the podcast. Uh, That's a free way to support the podcast. You just go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and you can read you can write a review if you're up to it i have some giveaways coming up so just stay tuned for that and take care of yourself do what you have to do during this quarantine remember connection self-care and all the things for the day I go back I wait for the day I go back